20. Let's read from Revelation chapter 21. We're going to read again the first eight verses. Remember, we're continuing with our series of the no mores of heaven. Revelation 21, we'll read verses 1 through to 8, reading, of course, from the authorized verse. Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right. For these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now my text tonight is taken from Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, and my theme or topic this evening is entitled, No More Pain. Now this is the fifth message in the many series that I've entitled, The No Mores of Heaven. There's something else here that is not found in the new heaven and the new earth. Not only is there no more sea and no more death and no more sorrow and no more tears, there's also no more pain. Look at Revelation 21 verse 4 and it says, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Now there's 39 references in the Bible to pain. The first reference is in 1 Samuel 4 verse 19. And it's connected to pain that women experience in childbirth. And the last reference is Revelation 21 and 4. Neither shall there be any more pain. And in between, there's numerous references that teach us about the different types of pain. And yet here in Revelation 24 and 1 we read, There shall not be any more pain. And you see, I believe that John was inspired to state and declare, neither shall be any more pain. And he was using the word pain in the widest sense possible. He was including everything that causes pain, regardless of its source. And to me at least, it's very significant that the Holy Spirit distinguishes between death as a subject, sorrow, as a subject, tears as a subject, and then he adds this, 
neither shall there be any more pain. You see, when we think of pain, we think of bodily pain. Now, that's included. But it's much wider. It goes more deeper than bodily pain. And we're being told that in the new heaven and the new earth, the, the whole world, um, the, the gambit of pain has been completely abolished. Now, we see adverts in TV billboards down in Belfast and other cities promoting a pain-free life. If you've got a painful headache or you've got a painful toothache or you've got a sleepless night, you can have a pain-free time. See, see, nobody likes pain. Pain is something we want to try and avoid. And anything offering a pain, anyone offering a pain-free life is very appealing. Try this cream. Take these pills. Talk to this counselor. Go and see this doctor. And of course, they're generating millions of pounds per year for the um, industry that's offering this pain-free lifestyle. But I want to tell you, sadly, I believe it's false advertising. You see, there's no such thing, young people, as a pain-free life. A pain-free life is an illusion in the world. A pain-free life is a pipe dream. The simple fact of life is this. Pain is a fact of life. If you'd learned that tonight, you would learn a lot. Pain is a fact of life. We have to live with pain from the day you're born to the day you die. Now, I'm not suggesting pain's desirable. I'm not suggesting that you say, well, give me loads of pain, because I wouldn't want that. But what I'm saying is pain is distinguishable. Because pain is a fact of life. There's a wide variety of different kinds of pain. And in this world, as we see and know it, but John is telling us, he's acting as a faithful witness. He's talking about the world to come, the new heaven and the new earth. And what he tells us that it's like, neither shall there be any more pain. Why? Think of this. The pain of sin has been abolished forever. See, do you know that all kinds of pain that I could talk about tonight, or a doctor could talk about in a professional way, is the result of sin? You see, the first time there's a hint of concept of pain is found in Genesis chapter 3 and in the verse 16. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 16, God is speaking to Eve. The fall has occurred. The fall into a state of sin and misery. And he says this, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thine husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now think of these words. Adam and Eve had sinned against God. And we're learning here the true origin of pain is connected to sin. Pain is the byproduct of sin. There's a direct link, a correlation between pain and sin. It's part of God's punishment to humanity. Was that Eve, as the first mother, and remember she's the mother of all living, was that woman would have sorrow in childbirth. And the Hebrew word for sorrow, as used in Genesis 3.16, is associated with pain. 
physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain. That's why in the law of first reference over there in 1 Samuel and chapter 4 and verse 19, listen to these words. 1 Samuel 4 verse 19, and his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with child near to be delivered. And when she heard the tidings that the ark of God was taken and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and travailed. Listen to these words. For her pains came upon her. And that word pains is connected to the word sorrow in Genesis 3 and verse 16. And that's the very first reference to the word pain in the Bible. Here's the daughter-in-law of Eli. She's Phineas's wife. We don't even know her name. And she says, here's the news. The ark of God has been taken. And your husband's dead. And your father-in-law, well, he has fallen off a stool and he's dead. You can just imagine the shock of that news. And this woman went into labor and the Bible says her pains came upon her. And part of that pain in childbirth is physical, emotional, and mental pain. And physical and emotional and mental pain is connected with childbirth. Human pain then is the result of sin. And no matter the kind or the type of pain that we all talk about, it's all connected to sin. And we all experience pain in all our lives. And that pain is connected to you in the result of sin. You have to think of the fall into sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. And I know... And I'm sure it's hard to think about suffering pain, acute pain, chronic pain. Isn't it hard to continue working on if you're in chronic pain? Been out in the garden, you're doing some weeding, it's coming up to the spring of the year, and you get a thorn in your finger. Well, well, I don't work on. I come in crying. I'm looking to rosemary. I've got a thorn in my finger. You better get it out. It's throbbing. Well, that's me because I, 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 I can't stand much pain. But isn't it hard to continue working on when you're in pain? It's hard to worship when you're in pain, physically, emotionally, and mentally. It's hard to engage your heart in what you're doing. You see, pain is teaching us about our frailty, teaching us about our weakness, teaching us about our dependence on God. And all kinds of pain, regardless of what it is, has to remind us, if we're thinking things biblically, of the evil of sin. So when you get a headache, eating too much chocolate like I do, I have to think of sin. Or you get the toothache, or, or the sleepless night, or maybe you're bad with your nerves. That pain has to be a reminder of our sin. It's a harbor, it's a messenger about our sin. It's a sign of God's punishment because of sin. And yet the Bible tells us that in the new heaven and in the new earth, that one day there'll be no more pain. God will abolish it all. And heaven and the earth is the only place where pain will be abolished. So, so think of that. No more back pain. No more arthritis. No more headaches. No more toothache. No more sore legs. No more sore hands. No more sore eyes. No more sore hearts. 
How many people have sore hearts tonight? You can't see their sore heart, but they have sore hearts. I can tell you they have. See, physical pain's real. Physical pain can be external, but physical pain can be internal. And it can be linked to our emotional state. It could be linked to our mental state. It could be linked to our spiritual state. It could even be linked to our financial state. The good thing to note is that pain, all kinds, is a result of sin. Now, as I've told you or tried to teach you here, it is connected to the pain of childbirth, the punishment meted out to Adam and Eve, Genesis 3, 16, 1 Samuel 4, verse 19. But if I talk to mothers, and there's mothers here, and I, I know you're going to verify what I'm just about to say. The pain of childbirth, young people, is an awful pain. If you're in the labor ward, you'll hear the cries of the woman in pain. But here's a second thing. Not only is it awful, but I'm amazed at how quickly it passes. And then amazingly, after childbirth, when she's got the little baby and the bundle of joy in her arms, that labor pain's easily forgotten. Now, that's three facts. It's an awful pain. It quickly passes. And it's easily forgotten. <coughs> and isn't that how human beings treat sin? You think of those tonight who are under conviction of sin. They're brought face to face with the consequences of sin, face to face with the curse of sin. And, and there's an awful guilt comes upon them. And, and they feel that in their heart. And yet the amazing thing is that pain, that guilt, it passes so quickly. It may be last just for a few minutes. It may be last for a few hours. It even lasts for a few days. And a concerned soul who's convicted of their sin remains a Christless soul because they do not come in through repentance to Christ. They do not exercise true faith to Christ. And that pain that they feel in their heart that, that, that goes so quickly. And they're prone to forget the awful agony. And not only does it go so quickly, it's so easily forgotten. Remember Pharaoh. How God used the ten plagues to bring him down. If you turn over there to Exodus chapter 9, we'll not read every reference. Exodus chapter 9, it's in verse 27. And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous. I and my people are wicked. Entreat the Lord. For it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. Read in verse 33, And Moses went out of the city from Pharaoh and spread abroad his hands unto the Lord, and the thunders and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured upon the earth. Now look at verse 34. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart 
he and his servants, and the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken. And if you read the story of Pharaoh, how he hardened his heart, he had this awful pain because of the, the plagues that come. And he asked Moses to entreat the Lord for him. And Moses did it time after time. And yet when he saw that the plague, whatever it was, was stayed on this occasion, it's the mighty thunders and the real and the heel. And when he saw it ceased, what does the Bible tell us? He hardened his heart. And that could be illustrated by many souls who have come under conviction, convinced of their need of Christ, think about getting saved, even shed a tear, tell others, I would love to be saved. And they face that awful pain in their heart. But how quickly it passes. And then it's easily forgotten. And they have no more thought nor desire to get right with the Lord. The pain of sin is abolished forever. Very quickly, the pain of service is abolished forever. I want you to think of the Apostle Paul tonight as a Christian from the day he got saved on the Damascus Road. He labored for Christ for 30 years. Do you know that the Bible gives us a catalog of the things that Paul endured? Turn over there to 2 Corinthians. Look at chapter 11. Look with me at verse 23. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. He says this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes. Save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils by mine own countrymen. In perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. We were singing there tonight, it is not an easy road we're traveling to heaven. Paul could say yes to that. Why? For many are the thorns in the way. And yet, through it all, even though he would acknowledge that Christian life is not an easy road to heaven and home, the beauty of it is that Jesus walks beside us, that Jesus brightens the journey, that Jesus, who cares for us, who loves us, who understands us, who knows us, lightens every heavy load. There's no such thing as a pain-free Christian life. There's no such thing as a pain-free life. Those people that tell you that, buy this cream and take these pills and go and see that counsellor, they're not right. They're only after your money. You've better given it to the Lord and the Lord's work. I'm telling you now, there's no such thing as a pain-free life and there's no such thing as a pain-free Christian life. You see, some people teach the health and wealth, the prosperity gospel crowd, they, they teach, as a Christian, you'll never have a problem. You'll never have a sorrow. You'll never have a tear. You'll never have a pain. It's not true. It's not true to scripture. It's not true to experience. God's people endure pain for and for the sake of Christ. Turn over there to Jeremiah. Look with me at Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 19. 
Listen to Jeremiah. He's known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah chapter 4 and verse 19. This is what he says. Jeremiah 4 verse 19. My bowels, my bowels. I am pained at my very heart. My heart maketh a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. If we were to read on in this passage in Jeremiah chapter 4, we would discover the weeping prophet is brokenhearted. Why? Because the rod of God's chastisement has come to Jerusalem. Judah has been overrun. The sound of the trumpet is heard. The Babylonian army's on the march. God's people have sinned against the Lord. They've dishonored his name. They, they paid lip service to him. They've desecrated and deserted the day of God. They, they've denied the law of God. They haven't esteemed God's word as their greatest treasure or more than their necessary food. They've denounced God by their idolatry and by their iniquity and by their adulteries and by their fornication and every other sin that's imaginable. And the armies of Babylon are at the gate. And Jeremiah's brokenhearted. The people have acted as if they have no knowledge. And you know, this united kingdom that we live in, it's sinned against the Lord, the God of heaven. Do you know our Westminster Parliament has turned its back on God and all that's good and godly? We've got to think of the state of the country. And are you broken for the state of the country? Are you burdened? What about the state of the church? Are you pained and brokenhearted at the state of the professing Christian church today? You see, we're seeing and witnessing God's judgment on the nations, national, natural disasters, financial woes and calamities have begun to start. The weather patterns are changing. It's all a sign. And, and if we were to think of the psalmist, remember he, in Psalm 73, verse 16, he, he thought about the prosperity of the wicked. And as he thought about how they were spreading themselves like a green bay tree and advancing in their iniquity, he was pained in his heart. And yet when he came into the sanctuary, then he understood the end of the wicked. And we've got to understand the end of the wicked. The ungodly will prosper. The ungodly will advance. And it will bring pain to our heart and tears to our eyes when we see and hear what they're doing against Christ and his cause. But let's remember, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. When we get to glory. You're going to experience pain in the service of Christ. Paul did. Jeremiah did. And if you're true to Christ and his cause, we've got to keep on keeping on, as we said this morning. Thirdly, think of the pain of suffering is abolished forever. Think of the sufferings that I have mentioned, physical suffering. What about the pain of suffering eternal illness? Cancer. No medical procedure can remove it. A person living daily with unbearable pain. And you know, it's hard for them. 
But I want to tell you, it's hard for their family and those that are caring for them to watch. And you add to that physical suffering, emotional suffering. Do you know that there's Christians today struggling with an abusive father? Not a very loving individual. Do you know that there's Christians today struggling with a drunken father? Maybe even a drunken mother. There's mothers and fathers struggling with a drunkard for a daughter or son. What about struggling with a drug-addicted father or a drug-addicted mother or a drug-addicted son or a drug-addicted daughter? See, see, that's emotional. You, You can't see that. But that's a real pain. What about struggling with the pain of losing a loved one in a dreadful accident? I heard about the story of five young people that were in a car over the United States of America. These two lovely young girls were going to Bible college. I believe it was connected to Pastor John MacArthur's college and church over in California. This was a number of years ago. These two young girls set off to the airport to pick up two Italian boys to to bring them to John MacArthur's church. They they wanted to come. They're visiting America. Don't think these two boys were saved. Can you picture them in the car? And they're driving in some of those interstates that uh, makes the mind boggle in California because they're big wide roads. And as they're driving along out of a T-junction comes a truck driver. He doesn't see the car. He can't break in time and he smashes right into the car and kills those two girls in the front. The two boys in the back, they were spared because the front of the car took the full force of that accident. Can can you imagine getting that phone call to that home, telling mummy and daddy and Pastor MacArthur rushing to their bedside of those that were injured and those that had lost loved ones? See, see, the pain of losing a loved one is real. What about the pain of having your feelings hurt? What about the pain of being bullied at school? You see, living with physical and mental and emotional scars and pain, many have suffered some sort of trauma. And all this kind of pain, the Bible tells us, the pain of suffering will be abolished forever. We we, we know all this kind of pain is in the world today. We know this kind of pain is real. Job said, remember in Job um, uh, 14 and verse uh, 22, if I can um, turn up the reference, uh, Job 14 and verse 22, Job said this, but his flesh upon him shall have pain, and his soul within him shall mourn. There's many references to Job having pain upon the bed, where every muscle and every bone and every sinew ached, and there's nothing he could do to ease that pain or alleviate that pain. And isn't it good to know that one day there'll be no more pain? You think of the accusations to Job, the emotional pain of those false accusations by his free friends. You you think of Job not realizing and understanding how Satan had got permission from God to attack him, 
Satan's not more powerful than God. Satan doesn't run the show. God's in control. God's in charge. But God allowed it. Why? We, we don't know. What I do now, you know not, but you shall know hereafter. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Things happen that we don't know why. But the pain of suffering is abolished forever. What about the pain of shadows being abolished forever? The psalmist said, my heart is sore pain within me. The terrors of death are fallen upon me. The psalmist cried out because of his pain in Psalm 25 and 18 for God to forgive his sin. Have you got pain in your mind tonight? Physical, emotional, mental. See, it's, it's more than back pain. It's more than toothache. It's more than a headache. You, you, you can go to sleep with certain kinds of pain and you wake up with it. You can't see it, but it's real. And it's crushing you. You've got nothing but numbness. You feel nothing but darkness. My heart is sore pain within me. You feel nobody cares. Nobody understands. Nobody sees. And you know, when you feel like that, when the pain of shadows come and those terrors get hold upon you, there's a tendency to forget God. There's a tendency to forget your need of him and your dependence on him. A tendency to think of time and this life now and this is my lot. And you forget about eternity. Are you living with mental pain right now that you're so depressed that you're maybe even contemplating ending life? You're so fed up with all that has happened and how many people suffer mental pain so much so that their heart is pained within them that they would choose death rather than life. Are you suffering the loss of a wayward child, a rebellious teenager, the loss of a child, the loss of a father? You're brokenhearted. Well, I'm going to tell you there's a better day coming. You keep on looking to the Lord. Keep on trusting because the pain of shadows will be abolished forever. One final thing. The pain of sentence is abolished forever. If you turn over there to the last few references in the book of Revelation, look with me at Revelation chapter 16. It says in verse 10, And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Look at verse 11. And blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores repented not of their deeds. Could, could you get the picture? This is going to happen at the end of the world. Just before the Lord Jesus comes back in power and glory. This fifth angel will pour out his vial upon the seat of the beast. That's the Antichrist. And his kingdom. And they gnaw their tongues in pain. Cursing God. Because of no repentance. Think of these words. And repented not of their deeds. The pain of sentence. You see there's two kinds of death. There's the first death. And there's the second death. Revelation 21 verse 8. Tells us and I've read it deliberately again tonight. 
But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see, here's a glorious truth. In Christ, the pain of the sentence of the second death is abolished forever because you're with Christ in heaven. But this glorious truth is not for everyone. It's only reserved for those who are penitent, those who have exercised faith in Christ. This is only reserved for those in the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Those that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. But the unbelieving, the Christ rejecter, those who have denied and denounced gospel light and gospel truth, they'll not know what it is to have this promise. Because they'll be cast into the lake of fire. They'll experience all the pains and sufferings and woes of the second death. And they'll have it for all eternity. The Bible tells us that in the world to come, the new heaven and the new earth, and there shall be no more pain. The pain of sin is abolished forever. The pain of service, the pain of suffering, the pain of the shadows. But the pain of the sentence of death is abolished forever. But it's only for those in Christ. So I ask you tonight, are you saved? Are you among the penitent? Are you among the believing? But the fearful, the unbelieving. It's not amazing that the fearful person who knows he needs to be saved and wants to be saved, but the fear of man brings us near and doesn't come and repent and receive Christ. And the unbelieving. I'm a good person, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a liar. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a whoremonger. I, I, I'm not an idolater. And yet they're all in together, the fearful and the unbelieving are lumped in with all the rest. Why? Because they're unrepentant. And Jesus said, and I close with this, if you die in your sins, he said it three times, John 8, 22, 24, three times, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you cannot be. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. If you die in Christ, this promise will hold true. The pain of the sentence of the second death will be abolished forever. You'll never experience it, never taste it. But if you die without Christ, you'll experience the second death with all the pain and suffering and hell that comes with it. May the Lord have mercy and give you wisdom as you've heard God's word tonight.